Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear a Sunday sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. The scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. Let us listen to the word of God. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Typically, when I'm officiating at a funeral or memorial service, I will open with those words. They seem particularly fitting to me in such occasions, for whether or not the death was expected or shocking, it is a moment when loved ones can feel weary and in need of a word of hope. It's likely that I will continue to use those same words from Jesus in the future as I officiate at other such gatherings to celebrate a life. And yet, just a few weeks ago, I went back to look at the context when Jesus spoke those words and discovered that it didn't come on a day when someone had died, but instead were uttered on an occasion when the weary one seemed to be Jesus himself. At the start of that 11th chapter in Matthew, where we find this passage, we are told that John the Baptist, from prison, sends some of his disciples to Jesus with a question, are you the one who is to come, or shall we wait for another? Keep in mind, John's mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. John's mother and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were somehow related to one another. And as we were reminded last month, 
those two women came together in the, during the time of their pregnancy and celebrated the respective roles of their two sons. If anyone in the first century knew who Jesus was, it was John. And yet in this moment, he sends messengers to ask him, are you the one? Now Jesus answers the question. He goes on and speaks to the crowd praising John for what he has accomplished. But I can't help but think that that question from his very kinsman wounded Jesus. Matthew goes on to tell us that what happens immediately afterwards is that Jesus laments some of the communities where he has already visited because they wouldn't listen to his message and would not repent. And so Matthew records for us some very harsh words from Jesus toward those communities as he brings back an Old Testament image of a time centuries before when God had destroyed a city by fire as he said to them, Truly I tell you that on the day of judgment it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. Thinking of those two moments coming together, of lamenting how his message was not being well received by these communities, and how now the one who knew best of all who he was was questioning his identity. I'm guessing Jesus in that very moment himself was weary. It is at that point that we heard him offer a prayer. And given what had been happening recently in his life, it wouldn't have been a surprise if Jesus' prayer had been one of lament or even one of asking if he was up to this task. But that was not the tone at all. For we listened in as Jesus prayed aloud. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. He goes on to speak again to the crowd, to say that no one really knows the Son except the Father, and that no one knows the Father except the Son, and the ones to whom he chooses to reveal him. And only then does Jesus say, Come unto me. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He goes on to speak of a symbolic yoke, a farm instrument, a piece of wood that is used to have two animals work together to pull a plow. As he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, as is always true of Jesus' words, so are there many faithful ways that we could hear that message on this day. But I'd like to narrow it down and focus on the moment when he said, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice Jesus didn't say to the crowd, Learn about me. 
clearly part of what we do in this life of faith is come to understand the facts about his life and ministry. So when we repeat them, as we will in a creed in this time of worship or in our private devotions, we are clear about who he was. Nor does Jesus say in that moment, learn of me, as if this is a time of discovery. Clearly, that is part of our task in passing on the faith to the generations that follow us to make sure they know of Jesus. But in this time, he says, learn from me, declaring that in his life and witness, we will receive the tools we need to navigate our journeys with God. So with that very clear invitation, I hear at least three things that we learn from Jesus in that moment. First of all, that when life is going hard, when we're facing one discouraging event after another, in those moments too, we can offer our praise to God for the way that God is clearly still at work in our lives. Secondly, when we hear Jesus say that only he and God really know each other fully, I understand that to be a moment when he is saying that if someone comes to you and says they know with absolute confidence what the will of God is, that in that moment the best response might be one of cautious skepticism. Thirdly, when I hear him say that in those moments when we are weary and worn down, that our best recourse is to be reminded of his humble and giving spirit and allow that to shape us as we move forward. Now clearly there can be other things that you might hear and learn from him in that moment too. And yet part of that moment, Jesus is making clear that he is to be the source for us of understanding not only the nature of God, but of how we are to live moving forward. Now, that piece of instruction from him and that invitation that he extends in it caused me to think in a larger sense about how it is that we learn. Educators point out that there are really different, three different primary styles of learning. There's visual, there's auditory, there's tactile. And while all of us have different components of that in our own style of learning, a wise educator will make sure that in her or his classroom, they pay attention to those diverse learning styles and make sure they're addressed in how a lesson or lessons are being taught. To those three broad categories, I'd like to add the wisdom of one Eric Church. Church is my favorite country singer. Lori and I have been to three of his concerts, and we would have, been, would have gone to a fourth one in October of 2021 had it not been for a certain person's broken hip. <laughs> and yet, there's one of his songs that is a favorite of mine. Actually, it was the song to which my daughter and I danced at her wedding reception, where church is talking about some of the ways we gain knowledge. Here's what the refrain says. Some of it 
you learn the hard way. Some of it you read on the page. Some of it comes through heartbreak. Most of it comes with age. None of it ever comes easy. A bunch of it you maybe can't use. I know I probably don't know the things I think I do, but there's something to some of it. Jesus would not dispute any of those ways that we learn. And yet he made it very simple on that day long ago when he said, learn from me. Now, since we live 21 centuries after the time when he walked the earth, clearly the place we learn most from him is in the pages of Scripture, and in particular, the New Testament. When we're focused on the Gospels, or to a lesser degree on the book of Acts, the revelation of John, or those 21 letters, there are times we hear the literal words of Jesus. And so we can learn from him as we listen to him. Thus, just as we are doing today, so are there other times when we learn from him, when he says such things as, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Or when he said, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Or when he said, go therefore into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In such moments and innumerable others, we learn from Jesus as we are able to listen into his words. And that's the primary way that we discover what he would have us know and do. And yet... It also occurred to me that there's things we learn from Jesus in addition to his words, and that's when we have accounts of what he did. For what are the takeaways for you when Scripture records so clearly how before and after significant moments of ministry, Jesus would withdraw from the crowds or from the disciples for a time of prayer? What does it teach you? When you look on that scene of the Last Supper, when Jesus is with the Twelve for the last time, and even though he knows exactly where Judas is about to go, he does not berate that follower before he leaves. What are the takeaways for you as you look back all of these centuries later and watch one who knew what God's plan was for him and yet never once tried to get other people somehow to dissuade God for a different path forward. There are things that we learn from Jesus when we look at what he did, and that's part of our education in life still. Several summers ago, our family enjoyed a vacation in Maine, and one day, as part of it, I was asking our son about how his work was going. Michael is a certified public accountant with one of the big four firms, and he's been with them now for almost a decade. I wouldn't pretend to understand 
the nuances of what he does in his job. But as part of that conversation, he said to me, you know, Dad, I've developed a reputation with my team as the one who can deliver bad news to clients and they can accept it. And I said, son, that, that is a skill to be able to do that. And I asked, how is it you think you learned to do that? And without a moment's hesitation, he said, it came because I saw mom and you have to do the same thing with other people. Now for the life of me, I, I can't think what one of those moments might have been. And yet what that conversation reminds me of is that for all of us, much of our learning too comes when we watch, when we see what others do. That's the kind of gift that Jesus extends to each one of us as well. To pay attention to his words and to his deeds. And to do so in such a way that we learn from him. And in so doing, experience, too, the kind of rest that our souls need. Let us pray. We give thanks, O oh God, for the embodiment of your word in Jesus of Nazareth. We thank you for the ways that he continues to teach us and pray that we will grow in paying attention to his words and to his actions, that they might enable us to move ever closer to your intention for us from the beginning. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.